0: it's not so funny we can't pay we don't have that money it's crazy like because we are looking at it now there's no hope
1: hello people how far i'm your host ono nye and you're welcome to another episode on the woman podcast today today we'll be looking into nigeria's debt. yes we are boroboro people nigeria's debt profile and its likely effect on our future as a country, and the future of the young people who also live within this country. So, let's begin! Okay, okay, okay. Let's not begin until I greet. Good afternoon, listeners. I hope you're having a lovely day today. And if you're not listening today, or you're not listening in the afternoon, I hope life's treating you well wherever you are. (laughs) Let's begin now. Us look at what debt is. Something where you borrow is called debt. It's something that is owed, it could be money or goods. It's an obligation to repay, usually with interest. Individuals, corporations and governments use debt as a method of making large purchases that they could not afford under normal circumstances. In the case of money, the money borrowed usually has to be repaid at a particular fixed date, A country's government debt is also called public debt. They are the financial liabilities of the government sector. The borrowing in this sector is usually done as a result of deficits. These deficits occur when the government's expenditure exceeds revenue. This debt can be domestic, and if it's owned to foreign residents or governments, it is known as external debt. So that's our topic today Nigeria's external debt. Let's talk about the sources of government borrowing. Just like government debts are divided into external and internal debts, so also the sources of funds can be internal or external. Internal here meaning the government can decide to borrow from the central bank or sell bonds. Or external in the case that they borrow from nations or from multilateral communities such as the World Bank. External debts are money sourced from foreign countries, like I've said, while domestic monies are sourced from within the country. Domestic borrowing sources may include rich individual citizens, organizations, central and commercial banks, as well as development banks. Foreign sources of funds include the World Bank, International Monetary Fund, the IMF, other countries and foreign state enterprises like British Airways. To be honest, I didn't even know airways could lend money to countries. At this point, you might be asking, okay, Onye, I get that the government borrows and that this money can be sourced externally or internally. But why? Why the need to borrow? Well, stick with me, you'll find out. Government borrows for many reasons. I will name a few. But the first is to finance a deficit budget. A budget is the total planned expenditure of the government as related to the planned source of revenue. Now, when there is a deficit in the budget, it means that the expected revenue, the money the government expects to get, is less than or not up to the expenditure the government wants to make. The government can then decide to borrow money in order to augment or add to the available revenue so as to be able to meet the country's pressing demands. Public or government debt is however good in the short run, that is for a short period of time. It's a good way for countries to generate extra revenue to invest in their economic growth it could also be a safe way for other countries to invest in another country's growth by buying government bonds now the benefits of borrowing foreign currency include that it lowers cost of financing when the funds are funneled to productive sectors borrowing funds can lead to development productive investments such as large infrastructural projects such as roads, hospitals, schools, set the stage for higher growth in the future. There is need, however, to make sure that these funds borrowed are not channeled to domestic consumption. Another benefit is that borrowing helps deal with crisis. For instance, the UK's debt rose sharply during the world wars, the first world war and second world war. Yeah. Another use for debt in a nation is that debt can be used during a recession, to boost demand in a country, thereby preventing economic deflation. So with these benefits mentioned, one might ask, when is debt bad? Well, debt begins to slow growth when national debt is 77% or more of the GDP, let's at this point look into Nigeria's case with debt. In other words, let's look into Nigeria's history with debt. The Nigerian economy enjoyed growth in the 70s during the oil boom. If you've never heard of this, you can google it. but. The period of the oil boom was a time when oil prices were good and Nigeria was making pretty good profit from the sale of oil. After the oil glut of 1978, pressure was mounted on the government's finances. Oil glut here refers to the period in time where the prices of oil fell. There was down pressure on government finances and there came a need to borrow in order to finance developmental projects. The first major federal government Borrowing was that of 1 billion US dollars from the international capital market. This increased our debt profile as of then to 22 billion dollars. And matters only got worse between 1981 and 1982. We're about to go deep into dates here, so buckle up, people. As a result of our increasing debt, the 80s for Nigeria was a time of economic recession hyperinflation, high unemployment, and a poverty rate of 65%. We, at that time, were one of the weakest world economies. In 2019, the Minister of Finance, Budget, and National Planning, Zainab Ahmed, told journalists that Nigeria was struggling to service its debt and fund its expenditure. She'd said this while trying to justify taking another 1 trillion naira loan. That will take Nigeria's debt as of the time from 25 trillion naira to something close to 27 trillion. In 1979, General Olusogun Obasanjo left the country's debt at $3.74 billion. By 1983, under the Shagari administration, Nigeria owed roughly about $20 billion in debt. In 1999, when Obasanjo came back as president, he with Okonjiwala worked out the writing off of 19 billion dollars of Nigeria's debt in the Pari Accord. Nigeria had somewhat a clean slate after that until 2007 when Obasanjo finished his tenure, Fast forward to 2015, the Buhari administration took over and Nigeria has borrowed more in these last years under this administration than it has in 30 years. Our debt levels rose from 12 trillion naira to 25 trillion naira in 2019 without any obvious impact. Most countries keep track of their mistakes so as to avoid repeating them. But this seems not to be the case for our dear country. The fact remains that these loans taken have not been put into infrastructure and education or put into ways that improve our capacity to earn and repay our creditors. That's those who have given money to us. These loans have been used to finance recurrent expenditure and short-term projects, which provide no tangible income. Let's look into the ways excessive debt can affect a country's economy. Nigeria is currently ranked among Sub-Saharan Africa's heavily indebted or most heavily indebted countries. With a stunted GDP and retarded growth, we are trapped by hasty distress borrowing and accumulation of debt, which we are mostly going to be unable to pay back. Excessive debt can lead to economic crisis and financial distress. For instance, instance, most of a country's revenue are spent on servicing debt instead of being used for infrastructural development. It could also lead to a fictional growth in the economy. That is when the economy seems like it's growing, but it's not because we are owing a lot and debt can hinder growth. This is called a bezel in economics. The economy could also be thrown into what is known as debt-driven deflation and political crisis as can be seen in Nigeria's case. Nigeria is not alone in this debt palaver. Most third world African countries have some form of outrageous national debt. The distressing thing is not how much they borrow, but the poor economic and political leverage they have as to borrowing. I'll give an example, so stick with me. And I just want to say that if you're enjoying this episode, please do not forget to give us a good review on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and a thumbs up on whatsoever platform you're listening to. Also, remember to share this episode with your friends. Let's continue. Between 1973 and 1993, developing countries' debt compounded at a rate of 20% per annum, rising from 300 billion US dollars to about 1.5 trillion dollars. I'm talking about the debt of developing countries as a total, not Nigeria, ah, don't get scared yet. The debt problem accelerated after the collapse of the Bretton Woods exchange rate, which led to energy crisis in 1973. Compounding interest rates from the loans these African countries took led to further debt issues. Debt in these countries has been singled out as the cause of poverty and misery and stunted economic growth. To make matters worse, as has already been stated, these monies are borrowed and are not used in any way for the benefit of the people. They are sometimes siphoned by corrupt government officials or used to fund go nowhere economic policies. Should we now mention the debt trap the borrowing places these African countries in? As a result of low production and poor leverage, countries who borrow so much risk having their infrastructure, such as roads or even airports, taken over by their creditors. Remember the case of Uganda in 2021. The Eastern African country had borrowed up to $207 million from China to expand their international airport, which handled about 1.9 million passengers a year. The maturity time of the loan was 20 years, with a 7-year grace period. They could not repay the loan and had to surrender their only international airport to China. They tried in vain to renegotiate the deal, but it is what it is. They're among a few African countries who had had to hand over their national assets to China after failing to properly scrutinize the terms on which they were given loans. I interviewed six people, asking them three questions. The first was to guess, to put a number, any number, to just mention the amount they think Nigeria owes. The second question was, what do they think would happen to Nigeria if China suddenly demanded that we pay everything we owe them? And the third was if the current deeply indebted state of Nigeria bothered them. Each person had their own say. Each person had their own way that they viewed the matter. You might want to remember the questions. Stay tuned to find out.
0: Seven seven 7,000 billion. <laughs> I was just speaking to my colleague earlier. Oh boy, the money we are owing these China people, all these people, went in the hotel to slaves, very soon. Because <laughs> it's not funny, we can't pay. We don't have that money. It's crazy. Like, because the way I'm looking at it now, there's no hope. There is no hope. <laughs> hmm. It's not funny, Yonine. It's not funny. And our leaders have the mind to be buying buy, buy, they, they buy in the form of 100 million. And way they are, they're buying that form me to be like they are benefiting from it. Because these people know they will not win, but still, they keep buying it. They will use our country as um, exchange now. They will give ni- China Nigeria then. Because that's the only option. <laughs> I colonize <laughs> Go for me. I bet. Oh, no, they laugh. It's not funny. For me, that's what will happen. Because we can't pay. We don't have the resources. The country is just collapsing every day. Everybody wants to just gain. Nobody wants to sacrifice again Because I'm I'm, I'm not saying I'm from a poor background, but I'm from a family where we are struggling to to do so many things. Do you get If my parents have money back, Trust me, I wouldn't think about this stuff because I would not be in Nigeria presently. I don't even wish to be in this country. But because of situations, and I know, oh boy, I have to look for my own. Um, how will I explain this? I have to go and start looking. There's nobody to depend on. Everybody is literally suffering in this country. There's no means of surviving, even those that have means of surviving. Like, you see, oh God. The country is so messed up, and whenever I think about it, sometimes I'll be like, sometimes I'll be hopeful, I'll be like, okay, I'm seeing good, good. When Especially when our entertainment stuff, maybe they're just saying good things about Nigeria, I'll be like, okay, one day Nigeria will be better. But the next second, you'll see where they are burning somebody. than as a temple. I think we'll say uh, um, injustice or whatever. The next thing, they're stressing. Like, it's just so, so scary because... Oh boy, there's no hope. This country is like ambush. You're just waiting for your own dreams to destroy. The inflation in this country is crazy. People are dying, no security. So I'm always scared. Whenever I think, think about Nigeria, I'm always scared. I'm, the next thing on my mind is always the way of I want to
2: he to it's to it's to, 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 to six trillion naira Okay, if China come now to collect their money from Nigeria. The Nigeria 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 will not be able to pay the money because the money that they are in China some like the money as working to, to the extent that Nigeria will not be able to say, so what China will what China will do is either they see the full asset that Nigeria is using to generate like if they are or a final. or if that one is not enough, they, they may go ahead and see other major assets like seaports, Nigerian seaports, seaports. We well, are Nigeria, I don't think that Nigeria have A again. Like like you can remember when I used to tell you that if I have the opportunity I will travel out. So it's one of the reasons now, because I know that Nigeria is already in trouble, like, because the, the economy of Nigeria is already is already damaged in such a way that it's affecting everybody. So I am one of those people that bothers a lot. Because if China sees the major income stream of Nigeria now, those uh, federal servants, those states that collect allocations from Nigeria, they will not they will not collect, as have the opportunity to collect what allocations. And again, those Nigerians, functionalist, Nigerian workers, those government workers will not be paid again. So you can see that the economy at that point now the economy will be like crash. Let me say three
0: point three point two
3: tri- um, three m trillion. Yeah, 3 trillion dollars now. Ah, Nigeria will be in total jeopardy like. They'll be in total confusion because I'm not sure I don't know there's money actually in this country, but the way our government are projecting is as if there's no money. But in a way they can handle it though, but, but in other in another sense, I I'm not sure of the way to handle it. But in a way they can handle yeah. They can handle it in a like to some extent but not they cannot settle everything. Because even if even the country have have their own issues now to take care of and which they've not even settled. So in a way they can handle it to some extent. Yeah, so it bothers me a lot. It bothers me a lot. A lot because <laughs> because as a country like this, we don't have our own state. We don't have our own like we can we are not accountable for our own self. They have to borrow from it's not as if there's no money in this country, there's money. Well, I don't know why they can they'll just have to still borrow from another country. So it bothers bothers me a lot. Like there was some there's something I know. They said you owing as if you are eating from your future, something like that. You are yeah, owing as if you are eating from your future. So when money comes like this, you have to pay the ones you've borrowed. So that thing that that alone is the big problem. So
1: bothers me a lot. <laughs>
2: 100 billion dollars, 100 billion dollars Or more, or more, it can be more It can be more, it can be I don't think, I don't think I'm, I, I'm correct It can be more I think, I think they'll take they, they us all our space right? Because there's no way There's no way we can't even stop paying Like now Yeah, my country now is make me worry it should, it should make me worry But I guess it makes me worry It doesn't really stop me from trying to become what I want to become life. The people who are there have made their mistakes So should just keep pushing for my personal advantage Money.
1: New
3: money.
4: Uh maybe like fifteen to thirty billion US dollars. Well, honestly, I can't really say it because I'm not really I'm not aware of the agreement Nigeria and China have regarding collateral debt failure. But if I was to assume it's worst case scenario. And you also are based on what has happened to other countries in China, so that all China they are going to have to one either take control over the things they need the money to do, like that is let's say they borrow some money to build the train system, they take control over the train system itself, or two they can decide to just take any particular infa- particular infrastructure in Nigeria that you feel because a part of the accounts. And take on take part of the control of, control over, no resources. No, 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 I don't mean resources. I mean infrastructure. They can. It's not possible to take control. Of the cannot do like that. Not that infrastructure, like things we build. Yes. Yeah. Well, there are ways around that. Can I give an example? For example, let's say China decides to, and this is a very broad example, but let's say we collect a loan from them to build a route, like a major federal road or major interstate route, which one has. After a couple of years, we failed to pay off what we should have paid off in that time. So the Chinese government can decide to toll those roads. Yes, so they're not taking full ownership, but they will toll these roads and collect whatever revenue comes from them. So that's an example of what they can do. And same thing goes the railway. The Chinese government decides to say, oh, okay, build the railway. Any money from ticket sales belongs to... Us. Yeah, so that's them controlling infrastructure. Other countries owe way more. So the thing is, a lot of people don't really understand the thing with debt. Countries always owe each other. It's natural. Yeah, and secondly, Nigeria's debt to China isn't really as much as we think compared to our total debt portfolio. Yeah, but that aside, that aside, on its own, debt isn't a bad thing. The only problem is, the only thing that works about Nigeria's case is Nigeria is a South called war so most of the debts it enters are really imperialistic in the sense that the countries that give money give it with the girls, they want to control the economy of the borrowing nations extent. Yeah, so if Nigeria were entering these agreements with higher leverage, with more leverage or more control over the terms, then sure, I wouldn't care. Debt is good. Debt, Debt fosters growth, faster growth than internal revenue. So that's that fine. But the problem is when the agreements are lopsided over one person or very biased against one person, that's problem. And that's Nigeria's case. So that's what worries me. What worries me is the terms of the agreements, not the agreements itself. We don't have any leverage. For example, in the US now, yeah, the US is able to borrow as much as it wants. They owe China a lot, but they do, the difference is as much as we owe China, yeah. The US has the leverage to ensure that China is not going to slap on some stupid. I want my money back in five years, and the US also has the leverage to ensure they don't say something stupid like, "If you don't pay, I will take over your ship." Yeah. So, in a, in a normal, in a normal debt agreement, that is fair. What happens mostly is if one side defaults. And there is always an allowance for alternative means of settlement or maybe highest and worst comes to worst litigation so we take the case to court, but you don't automatically just go after the resources of my property the first chance you get the only reason anybody would create terms like that is because they knew you would not be able to pay in the first place
0: uh, like
3: one like that'll be one billion I'll be something like that. Around a billion or so. I think I saw last year I had was around I think about I don't know, about seven billion or so. They yeah something like that. dollars, dollars man. They're they're owing and they, I don't know, they, it doesn't put any I don't really know the effects and stuff, so
0: yeah.
1: Well, actually, currently Nigeria owes thirty nine point five six trillion naira as total public debt. We are likely to reach forty five trillion naira as the Debt Management Office. DMO plans to borrow additional $6.39 trillion to finance the 2022 budget deficit. As of 2021, it was calculated that with a population of 206 million people, according to World Bank data, every Nigerian owes about 191,889.55 Naira as debt. So, each person ho- owes 191 Naira as their own share in national debt. It's funny actually. A breakdown of this debt showed that a good chunk of it is owed to multilaterals. As we have already stated, multilaterals include World Bank and the IMF or the African Development Bank. They accounted for 58.88% of the debt. The next biggest contribution to our debt is euro bonds and diaspora bonds, which stood about 31.88%. Why the debt from France, Japan, China, ETC contributed 12.70% to our total debt? To answer my question, if China asks for all their money back on short notice, all that comes to mind is that they'll do to us what they did to Uganda. They could decide to tow our roads or take over our... (laughs) Okay, I just realized Nigeria has no airports, so there's nothing they could take over in terms of (laughs) airports. Scream! And yes, it bothers me. It bothers me a lot that we owe so much, and that we're borrowing more, and that we will most likely not be able to pay back in many years. If we're even able to pay it back at all, given the current state of the country. If we're even able to pay it back at all, given the current state of the country. Our current debt also causes us to be dependent on foreign aid and to have no desire to generate revenue for ourselves. We have close to no industries in Nigeria, no security and very little foreign investment as a result of the low security. We have low revenue generating capacity, leading us to borrow even more. It's like a vicious circle. There are however ways to manage and reduce debt, and I'm going to mention them. The main objective of debt management is to make sure that government financing and its responsibilities are carried out with the least possible cost, with a reasonable degree of risk in the long run, that is. Debt can be managed through fiscal and monetary policy, Fiscal policy involves the use of government tax and spending policy while monetary policy is usually carried out by the central bank of a nation. The government could also issue debt with bonds. This would allow them to borrow money and avoid raising taxes. This would also stimulate the economy by increasing public expenditure. Interest rates can also be manipulated. In this case, the government maintains low levels of interest rates and can also increase taxes. While this method has been proven unsuccessful in many countries, that is the method of increasing taxes, it can be tried out. Lastly, rich countries can also forgive debt. This happened with the Paris Accord under the president, Olusegun Obasanjo's regime. Though I don't know how possible that would be currently. The last thing I wanted to mention is that the song I used in this episode, the Boroboro Money song, is actually called Buru Money. The artist is called Black Gold. You can check him out on YouTube. That's it on this week's episode. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate you for listening this far. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe on your podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends. You can also leave a review at onoyinye 5gmailcom It really helps others discover the podcast. I also want to please advocate that you follow the WEMA Instagram handle on WEMA underscore podcast on Instagram. Have a lovely week people. Bye.